Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of that off-season hiatus filled with fun vacations for the guys at Kings Cast. It was a good month for us to take a break, but we were eager to get back on today for episode 146. Uh, can't wait to talk about the Kings and everything going on in the NBA. But before I do that, I'm going to bring my co-host as always, Ryan. What's good? What's going on, everybody? It's been a crazy offseason, to say the least. Sacramento didn't make as many uh, big splashes as we had hoped. We will dive into that soon enough. I'm not going to go into that right now, but... Uh, you know, the the trajectory of the franchise is going in the right direction. And as we always say, Monty, we trust, man. So uh, I don't really need to ramble on too much. I say we just fucking hop into this and uh, uh, let's get her going, man. It's been a minute. Yeah, hop in. There's, there's a ton to talk about, Ryan. And first thing is we did take that one one month off, which was kind of just uh, unplanned. Filled with nice vacations. I still have another vacation hit up. We got a lot going on, though. But I always think like right after the season is a good time to take a little bit of a break because we've been going talking hard for i don't know nine months straight or something like that we just go 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 and talk about the kings and i was like you know what nothing is much going on let's wait till something pops off but shit man i feel like everything just came in the last couple weeks so yeah i was like i said in the intro looking forward to coming on today before i do that though got, you know i have to bring in that bet online bet online uh app for the people uh dead time to bet right now ryan before i before i read this it is a dead time to bet probably the deadest time of the year to bet but you know, if you're a gambling degenerate, you can always find something fun to put your money on. And if you're looking to do that, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember to use that promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. No bets for me, Ryan. I have, pe- I have not placed a bet maybe since the NBA Finals. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't placed a bet in a few weeks. It's, like you said, man, it's just kind of dead time. Um, I'll hop into it, you know, probably more towards the end of the month and hop on some baseball stuff. I for sure will do the prop bets for the, for the All-Star game for baseball. Um, but other than that, man, hopefully we get this UFC card here pretty soon. I could bet on, and then it's really just waiting to the NFL season where it really is the absolute fucking prime time of betting season. The bets will be flowing. The money shall be won. And, uh, I, you know, that, that's really it. That, that September to December is like prime, prime, prime betting season. So looking forward to it. Yeah, I know that even even bet online, like you can bet on baseball and golf. I probably would actually bet on those things, but 
it just shows. Usually you read the ads, man. We have a bunch of lists, but I don't know where to start, Ryan, because there's so much to talk about with the Kings. Um, and there's so much to talk about in the NBA. Uh, you know, we, we sometimes when the offseason, we go into these episodes and we think that, uh, you know, we think that there's not much to talk about. And we kind of put things off and we have to kind of create content. But I feel like we're going to have a lot in the next week. But I'm going to bl- I almost blew my load because I forgot that I need, I need to give you a player. Right. So uh, if you're new to Kings cast, this is where uh, Ryan and I start off the talking point of the episode with giving Ryan a random player from our childhood and seeing if you can guess that player based on the Wikipedia bio. All right, Ryan, here's your player right here. I found like the ultimate journeyman for your player this week. So hopefully you're ready for it. It's literally like a list of fucking teams. Okay. So this player uh, is six foot, 390 pounds. Um, They are a straight point guard. You'll know him as a point guard. Uh, They went to Nevada. He went to Nevada. 04 to 07. Drafted in 07, second round, 56 overall by the Milwaukee Bucks. Here's the player, Ryan. 07 to 09, Milwaukee. 09 to 10, Timberwolves. 10 to 12, Cavaliers. 2012, Lakers. 12 to 14, Bobcats. 2014, Milwaukee Bucks. 2014 to 2015, Sacramento Kings. 15 to 16, Washington Wizards. 16 to 17, Hornets. 17 to 18, New York Knicks. 2018, Washington Wizards. Ultimate journeyman. Career 10 points, though, for assists. For the Kings, just another one. He only averaged five points a game. He, he had previously played for Milwaukee, where he had averaged uh, 15 for like half of the season. Um, so who's the player, Ryan? The only person that comes to mind is Jared Bayless. That's kind of... That's who comes to mind. That's the only person I can come up with right now. Yeah, I don't think Jared Bayless played for the Kings, though. But yeah, yeah you, you'll be pissed at this one. Uh, it's Ramon Sessions. Yeah, I guess I should have known that. Same type of yeah. fucking dummy. Yeah, I thought you'd get, <laughs> you know, I was trying to throw you for one because well, me and you always usually you're so on, good. We, we always hated on Ramon Sessions. Um it was one of those. I mean, I guess I could have got it. it. It was one of those like you were going off and I was like, all right, this sounds like like a Jared Bayless. Um, didn't know Ramon Sessions went to Nevada, honestly, and I don't know where the hell Jared Bayless went. So I kind of just went with the gut on the first name that came to my mind. So I'll accept that. Yeah, well, Jared Bayless went to Arizona. I remember he was there because he was an 11th overall pick. I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, and you're you're right. He didn't play for Milwaukee and stuff, but I, the Kings though. I thought you get that because of the Kings. Um. Well, all right. Well, there you go, man. You have to prove yourself the next episode, like you've done so many before. All right. So, like I was saying, I don't even know where you want to start. Let's start. Let's start here, Ryan. Uh, one of the big moves that led up to it was Rashawn Holmes got fucking traded. So let's talk about that. Why fuck not? Because we were, just, you know, this is this is was one of the things we we argued with for two years about. And uh, to be honest, we kind of beat it with the dead horse. But now that he's been traded well you know we can talk about it again so you want to go there yeah let's talk about Rashawn Holmes I mean everything we said about Rashawn Holmes came true one um you know from the very very beginning this guy you know we're talking about a guy who was getting MVP chance when he was averaging like nine points and like seven rebounds a game um you know I, I it was just one of those classic Sacramento players um that the crowd just Fell and fans fell in love with and just thought this guy was a legitimate starter in the NBA. So 
Um, you know, we I don't need to go too much into that. We've talked about it a bunch, but we were right from the beginning. You know, he's a role player. Uh, Sacramento overpaid for him, and it was a shitty contract. And I understand why they did it at the time, you know, the kind of the state of the franchise. Uh, but McNair did exactly what you're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, you give an asset to get off of a bad contract. And that's exactly what he did. And it was a smart move. Um, I don't think anybody in Sacramento Kingsland um, should have an issue with that at all. I think, you know, at the end of the day, Rashawn Holmes is at best a rotational big. Um, you know, me and you always said if he was the second or third best big on the team, then this team was a playoff team. And, you know, he was the second or third best big on this team last year and the team was a playoff team. So, um, you know, it, everything we said was spot on. And, you know, I'm just really relieved that um, that was the first thing they did in the offseason was literally get off that contract and then let's go from there. So uh, hats off again to Mc, to Monty McNair. He did the exactly uh, correct thing you're supposed to do in that situation and, uh, you know, give up an asset to get off a big contract. So big fan. I'm very happy Rashawn Holmes is no longer on the roster. I'm a very big fan. I don't have to hear uh, certain Kingsland folks talk about him and complain why he's on the bench. And I'm glad that I don't have to see his mom on my Twitter feed anymore, to be honest with you. Uh, that was <laughs> Dr. Holmes, no disrespect, but man, that Twitter feed, you know, she was just always tweeting and shit was popping up on my Twitter feed and messing up my timeline. So um, I, I couldn't be happier for, for Sean Holmes to be off the roster. I don't hate the guy. I hated the money. And, uh, you know, everything turned out, I believe, in, you know, best case scenario for Sacramento. Yeah, well, and we never hated the guy either. But what happens is through that time, you know, people uh, were so out, for lack of a better word, irrational about him. You know, elite defender, you know, top, top big man, blah, 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 The up to 20 million a year. It's like it was a joke. It, it put us in a position, Ryan, like like people in Kingsland have done so many other times over the years with us to where people are so outlandish. Uh, and like hyperbolic with their take that like it forces us to just kind of like bring them down to earth and it makes us seem like we're fucking haters. You know, that's that's kind of that's kind of the position that it puts us in. And that was never really the case. But when people hype them up, it's like, man, I'm gonna start nitpicking. I'm gonna start calling the guy out. I'm gonna start doing this, doing that. But I will honestly say this, Ryan, when they signed him, I was like, I, it was a relief when they signed him because they signed him to what we thought was a realistic deal. You know, it was in a ten to twelve range, which we thought. Which really, if you're starting player in the NBA, starting player in the NBA, like that's what you're worth, right? And I assumed the Kings were going to roll with that, but I will say, even I was. And you can speak for yourself, but even I was uh, blown away on the fall off, dude. Like how how bad it, it it actually was. It was it was even worse than I thought, and I was never really happy to be to be right about that. I always figured the guy was. We remember way back where, like, dude, he's a power forward. You know, he's not even really center. He's like a power forward. But in the NBA now, you, you have to, if you want to play power forward, you have to shoot. And realistically, he wasn't a good defender. He never graded out. I never, you know, that's what, like, when it comes to anybody in the NBA, Ryan, even, even David Mitchell, Mitchell now, right? It's like people say elite defender, like, well, based on what? You know, based on what? Because I never saw it. You know, to, I, I know that people rebound all over. I know people got scored inside all over, but you know, at the end of the day, like I was blown away the contract it got, but let's, 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 we already have made our point in the past episodes over the last couple of years about this. I just wanted to bring it up to everyone to fuck off because it was really annoying to argue that for so long, but I, I wanted to make the point and like how shrewd you have to be when you're signing players. 
And sometimes, you know, I remember saying this at the time, Ryan, you were even more adamant. Like, dude, sometimes people just walk in the NBA, man. Like, that happens. People just walk. Like, every player, the greatest player of, of all time has played for different teams. Like, people walk. Yeah, sometimes people, it doesn't work out. You got It doesn't make sense. And and that's been the thing. That was the thing with the Kings for several years is that they, they're just so afraid of someone to walk away from them that they pay it. And I felt like that was a like case case number one where that happened, and 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 that sucked. And look what happens: you have to pay to get off of it. Now I think it's crazy. Look how far the Kings have come in a short time that they paid a first round pick. The Sacramento Kings gave up a first round pick to move a guy. How about that? Right? That says a lot of, uh, about where the franchise has gone. But that's what it took. And I'm actually I was actually blown away the trade happened. I didn't expect it. I thought it was going to be way more tumultuous of a of a path to trade the guy. If I'm being quite honest with you. I thought it was going to have to be taking on money. Really? I, the fact that they didn't have to take on money blows me the fuck away. Blows me away. You know, I'm actually so, so yeah, in money we trust. That's, I would say that's the one, would you say this, Ryan? That is his one blemish to me. Yeah. I mean, that's to be determined, I think, you know. So uh, far, which, so far. Which, which, blemish which so far. Which will probably lead us into our next, uh, take it there, you know, take our, it there. Our, our, our next topic with HB and, I'll just I'll just say it right now, you know. I understand why HB's back. I do. Um, I, I get it. They want to run it back. They're they're expecting the team to progress. They're expecting, you know, big things from Keegan Murray. They think Fox is gonna get even better, which I do. Um but they, you know, HB doesn't do anything great, and it was obvious in the playoffs. Right, that that series against Golden State, it was obvious that HB wasn't a good enough defender, he wasn't a good enough rebounder, and he wasn't a good enough three point shooter to get Sacramento over the hump. And they they needed that. They needed HB to just play to his average. Right, um, you know, if the guy goes out there and shoots thirty six percent from three and averages fourteen or fifteen a game, Sacramento probably wins that series. I, I would I would say that that Sacramento beats Golden State and they go to round two and they play the Lakers. Um, so I, I, you know, with all that being said, I think there was a slight overpayment for Harrison Barnes. Again, I understand why they did it. They want to run it back. Um, but this is the type of contract that might cripple the franchise over the next few years, not cripple, but handcuff them, um, you know, to, to get to the next level. This is one of those moves that could possibly do that. So especially with the Euro guy coming over, uh, with Sasha, how how do we not? How, I got to get this right. Sasha Venzenkov, I believe is how you say it. It's probably pretty close, at least. Um, you know, I I think HB being on this team and signing for the amount of money he did is could handcuff Sacramento next year. Now, if HB comes out and he actually shows up in the playoffs and he shoots 36 percent from three and he doesn't average freaking like nine points a game like he did or whatever the hell happened. Um, then yeah, great. But, um, I expect more, I expect more. And, you know, this is the second contract that he's gotten with them and I, I expect him to, to play up to that contract. So, um, I don't know. You, you do you have thoughts on that? I, I think as far as Monty McNair is concerned, this is one of those moves that it's like, does this bite us in the ass next year? You know, does this, you know, are, are you able to move the contract at the deadline if you have to, to, to improve the roster next summer? Is anybody going to want to take on HB's contract at 31 or whatever he is when, you know, he's probably going to be the number five option on offense next year, you know, is, is a team going to want to do that? So 
It's to be determined when it comes to HB's contract. Again, I understand it, um, but I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that your statement about them, like, what's would you say, handcuffing? That's the term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that I, I, I don't disagree with you in that um, this happens, you know, this happens when you, when you pay a guy just a little too much, it can prevent you from just making that one move. I remember the one was, um, I think it was, it was Corey Joseph, you know, and, and they had Corey Joseph on the roster and it really put them in a situation where they, where they couldn't really sign uh, Bogdanovich. Not that we wanted fucking them to sign Bogdanovich, but you know, it, it, you, you, People did, I guess, and, and that's what happens when you when you pay a guy slightly over. It might be fine for a minute, but it's like that year two or three, you know that that you have to kind of uh, worry about. But I think that this is where I predicted this, Ryan. All right, I thought that the Kings were going to stand pretty pat. I remember you and I were talking. I think you, you felt that they should be more aggressive, which I didn't disagree. But I thought they were going to stand pat. I think that they overachieve. They did overachieve this year based on their you know where they thought they would land okay now for me i'm a i'm a fan of uh, uh reassessing your team just because you overachieve doesn't mean that like you have to settle right and just be happy to be there so I, i'm not in that camp but i think that's where it's at. i think that they overachieved based on their target this year and they're gonna they were they clearly are prioritizing locking up more of the cornerstone pieces uh, and and then just in development and running it back and hoping that that gets them further than it did last year. I think here's what I think about the contract, though. I don't really like it. I didn't want HB back. I didn't. I was over him. I think you were over him. And I think everybody, if you ask everybody after the playoffs, they were over him, too. And so a uh, little time passes and people kind of forget. But I don't know. I don't forget. I, I didn't want it back, man. I was OK with just finding more of a stopgap situation, personally. I, I was stopgap situation that you can take on. If someone, if someone bigger and better at the deadline is on the move, you'd be able to take that on and, and send that, send that contract to you like a one, two year deal, small, something small, 12 to 12 million, 13 million, somebody, somebody, something light, but you know, they didn't. And here's what I think. I think that the Ford market is outrageous. And I think that's what it came down to. And, and in the grand scheme of things overpaid 18, like maybe, but uh, I was I was looking at it. Jeremy Grant, dude, thirty two million a year for five years. You know, that was a people that was a, a a person who the Kings people people talked about. Realistically, who knows? Um, but but guys like that, man, you're you're you're, you're talking thirty to thirty five million. Now, Kyle Kuzma was the one that you went out. He ended up only getting I think twenty five million. But I think at the end of the day, the Kings didn't want to commit that much money. I think they want to just run it back and have the flexibility in two years. Because in two years, it's going to be a twenty year expiring, twenty million dollar expiring contract that they probably will trade if they if they get it down, and they probably would trade it at that time. So, I think it's. I mean, I mean, we'll see. I just you know, looking back, you know, a lot of people forget, man. A lot of people forget that he you know he scored twenty three points total in the final three games of that Golden State series. And it was like six points in game six and four points in game seven. You know, the guy played 14 minutes in game seven, 15 minutes in game six, if I remember correctly, um, as the guy that's supposed to be the the veteran, the the guy who's supposed to know how to win. That's right. That's what everybody talks about with Harrison Barnes is the intangibles, right? What he brings to the locker room, the leadership, 
the experience championship pedigree is what I hear, you know, and, and to go pay a guy 18 million who honestly flopped completely fucking flopped in the playoffs and only played 29 minutes in the last two games of the series is, is it's kind of ridiculous. You know, um, I, I think what he brings to the table is a little bit of consistency, I guess a little bit. Um, well, but here's what I hear. Here's what I'm going to say, Ryan, is that to the counter to you, though, is I'm just playing devil's advocate. Not that I'm I'm trying to counter in a way in here, but but people would say he averaged 15 points a game and he started 82 games and he's a career 38 percent you know, shooter and he's a six, nine, six, eight small forward. What's the market going to say? There is that, too. I, I understand that. But I think for, uh, you know, what I think Sacramento needs is and me and you have talked about is a specialist. You know, I would be okay if they went and got a defensive stopper to play that role. Um, you know, who can maybe knock down a corner three every once in a while. I, I would accept that. Or you just go get a straight dead eye shooter who doesn't play defense. You know what I mean? Like I, I would rather them play for the specialist role than kind of a guy like Harrison Barnes, who you don't really know what you're gonna get night in and night out. You know, he might rebound tonight, he might not rebound tomorrow night. He might knock down a few threes and have 18 to 20 points. He might score six points. You know, I would rather go for the consistency of a specialty player. Um, that's kind of just my preference. And I think there was guys out there that you could have got that, uh, that you could have got that for, you know, a little cheaper route, um, especially, like I said, bringing over the Euro guy who kind of plays the same position with Keegan Murray, who plays the same position. I think there were other routes Sacramento could have taken that I was more of a fan of. Um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly told that, Harrison Barnes is how consistent he is, how professional he is, the winning pedigree he be, he he brings. In his biggest two games in a Sac- Sacramento Kings uniform, he scored ten points. You know that that's the shit. That shit can't happen. I'm sorry that that can't happen. And then to reward him, uh, you know, with the three year fifty four million dollar extension, I just I'm not the biggest fan of it. I understand why they did it, and I'm I'm hope that I'm a little bit wrong, but. Um, I, I think there was other options, cheaper options, like you said, stopgap options of players that they could have got, uh, who kind of filled the hole at a cheaper at a cheaper rate and kept their options open. But we'll see. You know, we, we will see. No, I, I, I'm with you. I think that like th- that's what makes this one tough is that everyone who knows the situation sees both sides, right? And and um, like I said, on one hand, you have a guy who plays 82 games, who's 15 points a game who who can be out there and start on a playoff team. But on the other hand, you're locking the guy in on the decline, you know, for his talent on the decline for three years. And so you got to think about that long term because we could be walking a situation. I, I think that last year it'll be advantageous because 20 million expiring is an asset in the NBA. But it's going to be that next that next year. You know, it's going to be that next year where it's going to be tough. 18 tough. 18 is tough to move. Um, but, you know, I, I I think people see both sides. I see both sides. I think that at the same time, too, Ryan, there has to be someone else out there. And I just don't know who, who else is out there. And I had to come to that realization as well. I, I did. And and the fact that the Kings were unwilling or maybe other... I, you never know what happens. But for how long this year they've been linked to, you know, Pascal Siakam or... uh What's his name over there, too, in Toronto? Why am I blanking right now, right? OG. OG. You know? Like, they've been linked to... They were linked to both of them for the last year. Both both deadlines. 
both the trade deadline and then this offseason they were linked. You know, no, I, I was for that, no, but no traction. You know, you know, so so that that's the thing, and I I'm concerned about the still. I, you look at the Kings roster as it is; it's like the same deficiencies are going to be there this year that that were there last year. I think that's what's worrying me now. Now the offseason is not over, but I honestly, what more can they do? So, um, if you look at the Kings, like what what their other moves are right now, Ryan they still don't have a big man. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do about that, dude. I mean, I really don't know what they're going to do. You were th- you were thinking they're going to throw uh, Keita? You think they're going to throw him in there? I don't know. It's one of those things where, um, you know, one of the glaring holes in Sacramento last year, actually the glaring hole, was obviously in the playoffs that they could not bang with even Kavon Looney. You know, Sabonis looked a little wore down in the playoffs. Um, you know, he... He, he got beat up a little bit and they didn't have a guy who could come in and compete and get rebounds and keep Kavon Looney off the boards. Um, I thought they would address that with, uh, you know, a legitimate NBA player. Um, you know, everybody, you see all the highlights of Kata in the G League and he's like the defense player of the year in the G League, led the league in blocks, I think, was like an all-star in the G League. I'm sorry, but that shit doesn't translate like that, like you guys think. Um, if it did, Kata would have been up on the roster last year playing. You know, he wouldn't be on the deal that he's on. You know, he wouldn't be one of those guys that you're wondering if he's going to make the make the roster this year. Um, I think they need to go get a veteran. I think they need to go get a veteran big body, whether it's through a trade, whether it's signing somebody who's out there. I need to go look at the remaining free agency list. But they have to address a backup center position. I'm sorry, Alex Len is not the answer. He's cool in spurts random you know spurts when you know you're playing against uh rudy gobert or you know a true center who's not really an offensive threat and you're just trying to keep the guy off the boards and maybe play a little bit of defense rim protecting um but the guy can't move his feet he can't score uh you know he's an okay rim protector but he's not great i think they need to address that and i think if they don't address the big man position it's going to be the same story as last year you know they're rolling out there right now with alex lynn and sabonis and Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray as their bigs, essentially. Um, you got to address it. So whether, again, whether it's through trade, whether it's through free agency, something needs to happen because that is the one glaring hole when I look at the roster, keeping Sacramento from, you know, possibly bumping up into the Western Conference Finals, uh, you know, talk. I, I think they're better than a lot of teams already, but you know, if you want to bang with Denver, if you want to bang with a, a healthy Lakers team next year, if you want to bang with Golden State, who's improved already, you know, you, you got to be deep at every position. And there's a fat glaring hole at, at, at the front court. There's no one on the market, though. I'm looking at it right now. Everybody's uh, got got signed. I mean, even um, I mean, this is one, you know, met to a, a player who played a lot last year. He got souped up by the Suns, right? Fool's going to play. Hell. Yeah, they trade him. He's going to play there. He's gonna play hell in minutes, um. But every center has got signed. Signed, right? Like, I mean, any many be worth anybody. Even Mason Pumley resigns on a on a five million dollar one year deal. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Metu, uh, Mo Bamba signed with the Sixers, so he's even gone. I mean, you're you're starting to look down. It's like there's nobody on the market. There's, there's nobody. Guys. There's some guys that people are gonna hate and they're gonna laugh, but Boogie Cousins. You know, we we know we know we know we know that'll never happen. But it's a big it's a big body to bang, dude. The guy boards, right? That's what you need. You know, a lot of people will laugh, but you know, Dwight Howard's sitting in Taiwan right now. You're gonna tell me that Dwight Howard isn't a better rim protector and better rebounder than Alex Lynn currently is? 
I, I would think so, you know, and people laugh about they're like, well, the guy's washed. I, I mean, I guess, I guess, but you, you're, you have a guy who, in my opinion, Alex Lynn is a borderline NBA player. He's a borderline NBA player. And, and there's a few guys, veteran guys that are tough and, and got a little, you know, little, little grit to them that I think bring exactly what Sacramento needs. Now, you know, I'm not advocating for for Dwight Howard and Demarcus Cousins. Really, it's just names that are brought up of guys that you know are sitting out on the market who are better than Alex Len. Let's be real. So, you know, if I go and look through the free agency list, I'm sure there are guys who are better than Alex Len. I'm yeah, sure there. I'm sure there. Go ahead. Alex Len didn't play much in the regular no. season last year, and no. then he came out and pl- played a lot of minutes in the playoffs. And I expect them to. I think the Kings were like very timid with their rotation last year to try things out. And I think they finally did it in the postseason where they really they 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 threw a bunch of different uh, lineups out there. And I think I would expect a little more of that this regular season. So maybe that's what the thing with Len, but like Len realistically is like an end of the bench guy who's who can get in with a matchup thing. And really, man, like DeAndre Jordan's still in the league. You know, he's if John, I'm with you, like if DeAndre Jordan has a role in the league who a guy who totally relied on his like physical, uh, uh, you know, ability on the defensive side and offers nothing offensively, like if he's in the league on the NBA champs, like there's a role for Boogie Cousins at the end of the bench. And like we talked about, on, I think on last time's episode, Ryan, I do have that just uh, that fantasy of Boogie coming back to sack. The, the prodigal son returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan played. He played uh, 39 games last year. You know, why not? Yeah, why not? Why you just not? You need somebody who can be in there. Like, where, you know, where's, I, where's uh, you know, here's a name. Where's Bismack Biombo at right now? I'll have to look at that. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't like the idea of going out there with G League players, Ryan. I, I don't I don't like the idea of that, which. Brings me to the next thing, I think, Ryan, is Keegan Murray is in the summer league right now, tearing up the summer league. And um, God, man, if this does not show people, Ryan, the difference in the level of play from the NBA to the G League in the summer league, which is the summer league is basically G League with draft prospects. That's what that is. The fact that Murray's playing there, he's just probably doing it just to do it because it's here in Sacramento. He's playing a couple games, but that's rare. But for the fact that that guy's looking like, you know, prime whomever, it should just deter people from making any hot takes when it comes to G League players and Summer League players, which people do every year. And I don't like the idea of throwing a Keita out there who, yeah, no shit he's doing well in Stockton. That motherfucker is seven feet tall and is fucking huge. You know, he's a physical talent, but it's the G League. <laughs> like, it's the G League. And I don't like the idea of that guy being basically the third guy. I mean, Sabonis, the fact that he played so many games last year, the way he plays, is beyond me. I, At some point, you're going to have to rely on guys to pl- play minutes. And so what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be the Warriors. I see that thing about the Warriors right now, Ryan. They have nobody over like 6'10 on the roster or something like that. Yep. Is that what really what we're gonna do? Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm looking at it right now. So guys available still: Bismack Biombo, Taj Gibson, uh, not Markeith Morris. Blake Griffin is available. Darius Baisley, uh, Jamichael Green, Montrez Harrell. Those are just guys at the top of the list who are still available. Big men who are serviceable, 
that, you know, I think Sacramento can use, you know, Tristan Thompson, look at Tristan Thompson, in the playoffs last year, you know, Tristan Thompson brings an element of, of, of defense, dude. He, there was one of those games where he got in against uh, the warriors and he was the, he was the difference, you know, like those are the little things that you need, you know, to, to fill out the roster, man. You can't just can't roll out there with a bunch of small forward power forwards. And then a guy like Sabonis, who in my opinion is probably a power forward and not a true center. You know, they need some size. That was the problem in the playoffs. 100%. They got bullied by Kavon Looney. That is it. You need guys to fill out the roster and you, you have to address that or we're going to end up in the same boat that we're in uh, this year. Yeah, we're, and we're kind of nitpicking. I mean, and it goes back to like the top of the whole episode. The Kings are going to run it back, dude. They're going to run it back. They've improved. Uh, the trade with uh, Dor- Dorte went through as well. So we, got, we can hit on that for a quick second. But they're going to run it back plus a couple specialty players that are over six, six, two of them that they're going to add. They're basically going to run back though. But we know at the, at the end of the day, like the Kings are a playoff team now. So like, that's, that's it, right? They're a playoff team. And when you get in, whatever happens, happens and, and trades will be had. But you, like you're talking about now, when you're, when you reach that next uh, echelon of, of uh, teams in the conference, you have to be able to have these players at the end of the bench that you don't lean on, but that you can just throw in there. Like, cause people will, would laugh at you, right? If they listen to the podcast, like initially they're going to hear Tristan Thompson. Like, that didn't fucking work. Like no shit didn't work. No, he's not going to play until he does play for a little bit. And then that's like you said, that's the difference. I mean, look, that's what the Warriors did. The Warriors got in and they were able to get a fucking come on Looney, get looking like Wilt Chamberlain, 20 rebounds a game, dude. Right. You can just get one big body veteran who's going to maybe prevent that by 30%. And that maybe that's the fucking series, dude, honestly. And that's not far off, dude. That's not far off. Uh, that Chris, Chris Duarte trade was kind of random, Ryan. Um, which thoughts on that? Um, I think they're taking a shot on a guy who had a promising rookie year and uh, kind of got, you know, didn't play his way out of the rotation really, but, you know, had a guy like Buddy Heald who plays hella minutes, who plays the same position as him, um, you know, get traded to the roster. I, I think with Duarte, I, it's the guy's not going to be an all star. The guy's probably never going to be a starter in the NBA, um, but he's six foot six. He can knock down a three. He shot 36% his rookie year. I think it was like 32% this past year, so it dipped. But, you know, play that. I I, I take in, you know, minutes and, you know, uh, rhythm into that. Um, I think he's a wild card, man. I think he's one of those, you know, guys that, uh, you know, you can play at the two or the three. He might guard the other player's best player. Um, It's certainly better, in my opinion, even though I like TD. It's better than rolling out with TD, who's relatively small. It gives them a little more versatility of lineups is something that we always talk about. You know, you can you can go Malik Monk, you can go Davion Mitchell, and you can go Duarte all three together instead of going Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis. You know, you're getting that extra height, um, you know, a little length to to add to the versatility of lineups, man. That's what it's all about. It's about, you know, night in and night out, matching up with other teams. And uh, whoever really does that, whoever's the most versatile Swiss Army knife team, that's that's who wins. You know, and that kind of goes back to us with the big man that we're talking about. You got to be multi-layered offensive and defensively in the NBA. And, um, you know, I think Duarte is one of those guys, a wild card. It could be a huge hit. The guy's 26 going into his prime. You know, we could be talking next year uh, as like, man, you know, this is one of those guys who, you know, kind of put TD out of Sacramento or this is kind of a guy that 
holy shit, he took over a lot of Davion Mitchell's minutes, or he even cut into a little bit of Herder and Monk's minutes. Like this is this is impressive, you know. So um I think it was a, a low risk, high reward move. And uh, I'm a fan of it. You know, I, I really am a fan of uh of, of the move. I, I like getting the older guys like Duarte, who's 26, he's going into his third year compared to a rookie. I'd rather take a shot on a guy who's already showed promise that he, he can start NBA games. Um, you know, he was all rookie first team, his rookie year. So um, I like that idea of taking a shot on a guy who's been in the league a few years, than just throwing in some rookie who might bounce in between Stockton. So uh, big fan. And six, six is six, six dog. I mean, that's, that was a King's problem last year. You're right. Like realistically, the Kings are good when it comes to guards, man. I mean, yeah, you have Fox is going to play 32 to 35 a game. Okay. So there's 40, that off. 40, 45 in the playoffs. Yeah. There's that off top, dude. So that pretty much those Eatons are those minutes rather are going to be eaten up entirely by Davion Mitchell, Malik Monk at some combination. So at that point, realistically, they needed to be able to filter in the other side, you know, the, the forward side. That's really where they have issues. It'll allow them to kind of bump up players a little bit. It'll allow them to, Two different things. Like you're saying, versatility lineups, that's been a big theme on King's cast for the longest, bro. And uh, yeah, 6 6 does that, but I don't get too hyped on guys, but it is kind of interesting. I mean, the guy, what rookie year was solid, but talking about the Pacers, when the Pacers, man, when the trade went through, I saw Pacers. I was hoping it was fucking Miles Turner because we've wanted Miles Turner on, on the Kings for like four years. I feel like that's that would be kind of uh, nice, but it wasn't. So whatever. But fuck, dude. Tyrus Halberton got 260 million, dude. I'm glad that I'm not a, on a fan of a team that has him get 260 million, dude. Think about where the Kings would be if they had to lock that motherfucker up right now, dude. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I figured we'd put our thoughts on that just because, just because. I mean, do you have anything to say on that? I mean, that's a they're putting the keys to the franchise in Tyrese Halberton's hands for the next five years. And, uh, you know, I, I think, again, I think Halliburton's good. Uh, is he worth two hundred and what sixty million? Uh, probably fucking not, man. I don't think there's a lot of people in the world worth that much. Um, I, you know, for a team like Indiana, who, you know, future doesn't look bright. You have a shit ton of money locked up in him, Buddy Heald, and and Miles Turner over the next few years. It's rough, dude. It's rough. The future doesn't look bright in Indiana. There's just not enough money in the world. You know, that like that's a lot of fucking money to give that guy who, you know, in reality is, you know, he's what he snuck into the all-star game last year. But is the guy, a, you know, he's going to put up the numbers. But is he a guy that is ever going to put up those type of numbers on a number one or two seed in, in the Eastern Conference? Yet to be determined. Yet to Dude, be the seen. What people love about Tyrese Halliburton is the a analytics guys cream their pants, dude, when it comes to that guy. They see 20 points and 10-plus assists, and they're just fucking – they just – they just jizz themselves, dude. I don't even know what to say. That that that's that's what that, that that's the whole thing with JJ Redick. That's what it was. And that his oh, he's a spot up efficiency shooter. Whatever. I'm not here to knock Tyrese Halliburton because I've already said my piece. But my thought on him is that he's you you have to put another guy out there, and it has to be a wing player. Because realistically, you're not going to get a, a a center unless it's Jokic that's going to dominate the scoring side. So you're going to have to put someone else out there. So the fact that you lock that guy in is crazy. And it just thinks it puts into context, like the fact that, in, you know, we've said it in Monty, we trust the foresight to kind of project out what 
because realistically, the Kings kept him through this last year playoffs. Mm, probably not. May, you know, maybe, probably not though. And you would have had to pay that guy, and then look at what you're locked in at. You, you know, you're you're basically like you said, you committed the next five years of your franchise to something, and I don't like, I just don't like that. So good luck to them. I mean, honestly, cool, that's great, but I just thought it was notable um, because you know things happen. You know, I, I like to bring up Ryan. I like to bring up players and their trajectories after they were on the Kings and we talked about them for so long too. Like, uh, you know, not that I'm trying to start you, but like whatever happened to Bogdanovich, you know? 100%. You know, I just, I just think that just, you know, people fell in love with guys and then they move on, they get paid and, and you know, whatever, but all right. I think there's so much more to talk about too. I mean, I, I want to come back on, I think, and talk about the NBA. I was trying to go all Kings today because we've been off for so long. That uh, I wanted, I really wanted to focus on the Kings, but man, dude, the NBA, there's so many, you know, a lot uh, there. Do you think there was enough moves to happen to make a power shift? That so what we've seen so far on the landscape of the NBA, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the Chris Paul to Golden State's underrated. I think Golden State will do something between now and you know, the end of next year to to put them in a position to win and compete for another championship while Steph Curry's still in his prime. I think the Lakers will be put in the position. Um, I think Dallas underrated moves, man. I think Dallas has kind of, you know, put made some underrated moves. Um, thank God that Matias Theibel went back to Portland. I, I think Portland matched that offer sheet. That would have been, you know, that was one of those moves where I was like, holy shit, man, Dallas has the right idea. Let's surround our two stars with defensive studs and and rebounders who can, you know, don't need the ball and we'll let Kyrie and Lucas score all the points. So um, I think there has been some moves, man. I think um, it hasn't been talked about enough, but I think Boston getting Porzingis is a huge play in the Eastern Conference. You know, people talk about Marcus Smart's been the heart and soul of Boston. Yeah, I guess. You know, I guess they, you know, cool. You know, he's a defender. He's a, you know, one of those guys. He was probably the fourth or fifth best player on the roster this past year. Um, I, I think that's very, very big for them to get a guy like Porzingis, who was relatively healthy last year and had a very good season. So I do think there was a little bit of a power shift. I think, um, you know, I think Damian Lillard to Miami is like a done deal. That's like the only place he's like his, his uh, managers came out and said that he's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there has been some moves to really um, adjust fire. I think, you know, Denver not making much moves and losing Bruce Brown is huge, you know. So I, I, I think there has been some moves where I look around the NBA and I'm like, fuck, man, there there is a few teams who got a lot better sneakily that nobody's really talking about. And there are a few teams who stand pat, you know, kind of my opinion, Sacramento. And, you know, you could get passed by. That's how the NBA is, man. It's so year to year that you could get passed by by standing pat. Yeah, and the team you didn't even mention is Phoenix. I don't even, that's yet to be seen, man. I mean, Phoenix can't stay healthy. Are they chasing their tails? Uh, just adding another player, you know, and, and kind of more of the same. But to 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 kind of wrap on what you're saying about the Kings standing pat, man, the, the, the team, it always, it's always made me uh, weary, Ryan. And it's it's the Atlanta Hawks of a couple years ago. You know, those, those fools made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And they are, 
you know, trying to figure it out. And it just worry it just worries me. Teams like that, even Memphis. Memphis was ascending, and what the fuck is Memphis gonna do? I mean, maybe they're back up there again. Who knows? I mean, there's been there's been teams like that. Look at you brought it up, I think, on the last episode, Ryan, the Utah Jazz. That's a very similar thing, too, where the Utah Jazz were just up there but could never get over a hump. And like you said, things can pass you by, uh, especially when you have other hungry teams out there that do have assets. You have Minnesota, who's kind of locking in their guys. Uh, but I feel like they're going to have to trade some shit once in a while. You, you know, like you said, you still have the, you still have the Warriors. You still um, have, you know, obviously the, Suns, the Lakers. And then obviously this year, the, the Clippers seem to be trying to run it back too, and they're going to be dangerous as well. So that's what's kind of concerning is when you just kind of roll out there with the same old, same old and expect the same results. I, ooh, I don't know, man. Um, yeah. Let me uh, hold on real quick. So I, I got to look this up, man. We've talked about this before. This Atlanta Hawks playoff run they went on. If I'm not mistaken. Well, they beat like the Knicks or something. They beat like the Knicks. And like they didn't have to play Boston and they lost to Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, dude, they they played Brook. Wait, it was the 76ers. But like wasn't Embiid or somebody was hurt. Like they, they were the five seed, dude. You know, they beat the Knicks. Like whatever. Cool. You beat the Knicks four to one. Like that's that's whatever. That's like a year Julius Randle like was in the MVP voting. That team wasn't very good. And then they if I, they beat Philadelphia in seven games. I want to say like Embiid was hurt. Ben at, at the end of the day, they, 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 yeah. they still made a yeah. uh, conference finals. If they did motherfuckers, that, motherfuckers, motherfuckers be sneaking into them things all the time. Yeah, but, but yes, if they, if I, that, I understand it, what you're saying. I understand. If that happened in Sacramento, though, they would fucking put a banner up and talk about it for 20 years. So there's oh, still don't worry. That, dude. Don't worry. They're going to put a banner up uh, Pacific Division champions this year. Oh, yeah. They got to add one. They got to add one this year. Are we, the, you know, are, I, we the, are we the only franchise in the NBA that does that? I've never <sighs> been. I've only been to Golden State's arenas. And who else did I see? I think that's it. I think I've only been to Golden State and. A shitty basketball fan. Eesh. I don't really know. I mean, I know that I do. There is there was that classic. Uh, there's that classic clip of Shaquille O'Neal um, at Arco during the playoffs when the Kings had the banner up and he looked up and made fun and like mocked it. That's classic. Have you seen that? No, but I would make fun of that too if I was there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's totally like the, the Kings like have one banner. It's like Pacific Division champs like O two like solid <laughs> right like that's it but they're gonna yeah they're gonna roll it back do you think they'll do a ceremony ryan have you got anything on the season ticket front they, they send you anything they're gonna hold haven't a ceremony yet. for it haven't heard anything but i wouldn't be fucking yeah. surprised bring the guys back and then when when sean holmes comes back uh tribute you know video. on, on oh a road game a tribute God. oh dude please please can we not go to the dallas mavericks game this year just so i'm to see the Rashawn holmes tribute no video. we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go and we're gonna boo the fuck out of it. I hate those, I, I hate those tribute videos. Guys who like weren't all stars, played here a few seasons on some bad teams, like, and they just come back and just get this tribute video. Like, what the fuck? I've been torched on on Kingsland several times, Ryan. 
for two things. Uh, one of them, the Kings do, and it pisses me off. And it's just this poverty franchise shit. It's when like random players they leave, they always write like a thank you on social media. I guess you do that, but do you? I don't know. Do you ever? Does every team do that? Like that's another one of those questions. Does every team write like a thank you? I don't know. I got. I saw a Metu thank you thing the other day, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh. I'm always like, like who cares, dude? Like, do you, do you really think that like? When Rui Hachimura let, got traded last season, that like the Wizards just did like a, a tribute to him. Maybe who knows? You know, I guess social media people need a job. The other one too is when they quote. Uh, this is what the Kings would do a lot: is they would quote other coaches or star players in the league talking about like how good the Kings were looking and how exciting they were as like a way to to sell tickets to to you know. So I I got I got torched one time online for that cuz I'm on the the email the season ticket, you know, email sales list and they'll send me that shit. And when I posted it in Kingsland like, you know, like you know, Popovich says the Kings are exciting this year. Like buy tickets now. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And everyone's like, no, that's cool, man. You're a hater. I, I don't know, dude. So maybe I'm just more cynical. I would consider myself more of a cynical fan, but I guess 20 years of sucking ass will do that to you. Um, but yeah, Ryan, good to be back after uh, the month and with obviously a lot going on. I'm hoping some shit pops off. I'm hoping by the next time we come on, we can talk about the Dame Lillard trade. I'm hoping that when we come back on, we can see... Uh, a little bit more action and some players out there and you know see what's going on so hey guys we appreciate you listening in if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show you can always do so by tagging us you can find ryan and i on twitter and facebook at kingscast eric and at kingscast ryan uh we're pretty active on facebook on our group kingsland check that out if you want to support the show please slide down on apple podcasts or slide up on spotify and leave us a five-star review it does help us in that algorithm to reach more kings fans just like you and as always you can check us out on the believe podcast network where we are the sacramento kings signature show so with that for ryan this is eric go kings thanks Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.